Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 716. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the concept of sell in May and go away, because this is a tried and true axiom of Wall Street where for many years, people have said the phrase, sell in May and go away. And that's mainly because of the seasonality that occurs in May. You see, there are cycles in the stock market, as I talked about in my book, and as I talk about regularly on the podcast. And those cycles do repeat. And one of the cycles that we find is that the seasonality during certain months of the year like between November through April, happen to perform better than the months between May and October. So there are some people that say sell in May and come back in November. Now, that's a little bit simplistic and year to year it can be very different. So we're not going to say sell in May and go away because of the seasonality, But we might say sell in May and go away just because of the topping process that we've been experiencing recently. Lately, I've been talking about how the stock market has made that 61.8% Fibonacci retracement, which is a level that sometimes the market can bounce after a big sell-off. And that's exactly what we have. We've reached that level of retracement and it looks like the stock market may be headed back down again, down that other side and doing the untangling that I talked about on the last podcast. We also had a fabulous April. You see the average April, again, seasonality, we talk about cycles, the average April is up 4.7%. But this past April, was up 12.7%, three times as much. And it was the best month since 1987. That tells you that was a lot of performance in a short period of time. And the market is probably ready to take some of that off the table. So that's another reason we're looking for a likely pullback here. Another sign that we're ready for a pullback is that the market was rising on declining volume. That means as the market was going up, there were fewer buyers toward the end of the month. And when you're going up and fewer people are buying to make the market go up, it can be a sign that the market is running out of steam and that it is ready for a pullback, even though this was the biggest parabolic run or bounce since the S&P 500 index was incepted. So you see, we're breaking all kinds of records for this very sharp decline we had into March 23rd lows. And then this very sharp rebound we had now into April 30th. 
So again, I'm going to say, if you think the stock market is all clear and the worst is behind us, then you aren't assessing the risk correctly. There's so much more going on here than just a typical quick recession or short pullback and then we're off to the races again. This isn't a V-shaped recovery. We're not going to go back to everything being super great just yet. However, once we get through this next decline, which is going to be scary, and I do think in May we will see declines of maybe 2,000 points in a day, I think we'll see that kind of volatility on the downside again. Once we find the bottom, wherever that is in this May or June time horizon, from there, that's when I think we have another massive rally, bigger than the rally we just had, because now the stimulus money is going to find its way into the market. But before we can get to that, we have May to deal with. And already we're seeing that we are in a recession. I had hoped that maybe we could avoid two consecutive months of negative GDP, but we did get the first quarter number of GDP and it was minus 4.8%. So although the lockdown, the stay-at-home orders, didn't start until mid-March, it did make the whole first quarter negative in GDP. And of course, the second quarter is going to be negative in terms of GDP. So we will have the two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, the official definition of a recession. And what is that GDP number going to be in the second quarter? Well, the estimates are it's going to be about a negative 30% GDP. So that number is going to be shocking when it comes out. We are still in the chasm that I talk about. We are still in that area of not knowing real numbers and not having real revenues to put anything to. So it's hard to really estimate, but the closest estimates right now are that the second quarter will be a negative 30% GDP, which solidly puts us in a recession and then also puts into question whether we will come out of the recession in the third quarter. Right now, we're looking at another leg down because we have all kinds of issues coming up with commercial real estate. Not only do we have malls in trouble and retail stores in trouble with Neiman Marcus declaring bankruptcy, Saks Fifth Avenue mentioning that they've missed a couple payments, and J. Crew also going into bankruptcy, but also we have New York talking about a rent moratorium where people are discussing, renters that is, are discussing not paying their rent for the next few months. So that puts into question a lot of residential property, commercial properties, you name it, real estate is going to have some difficulty. And on top of that, bank earnings are showing a quadrupling of losses over the first quarter. So their earnings are non-existent, credit cards are also in default, and they have a wave of more defaults coming. So it looks like real estate's going to get hit hard and the banking system will also get hit hard. Probably similar to what we saw in 2008, we are likely going through another 
time that would feel a lot like what we went through in the Great Recession of 2008. And today, mortgage rates came out and were at a 50-year low, the new mortgage rate being 3.23%. So again, if you are three quarters of a percent higher than that, it might make some sense for you to refinance your house or your property. And that's something you could talk with a lending officer or mortgage broker about for more details. We've talked a lot about our favorite mining stocks and our favorite mining ETFs, and they have done extraordinarily well with positive returns already and having rebounded very strongly, very much outperforming the stock market. However, they are also in a position of seasonality right now where this is the weakest time for the metal stocks and for the metals themselves. And I am forecasting that prices of silver will actually be declining here and into the June-July period. That is usually where the metals bottom is into the June-July months. And that means that perhaps if you haven't bought your silver coins yet, you might be able to get them at a lower price. However, they are pretty much not being made by the mints right now. And so that might still be challenging, but it does help if prices go down. It does help usually create a little bit more supply. So you might look to purchase some of your silver coins into the June, July time horizon, but don't be surprised if we see silver and gold go down here. We are in a deflationary wave right now. That's part of this topping process we're seeing in the stock market is we have another wave of deflation coming. And right now it's gold that's deflating and that is going to force people into the US dollar as one of the strongest currencies out there and as the last standing currency that is also a fiat currency prior to the decline of that dollar later on this year and the debt destruction that I talked about in my stock market forecast for 2020. So if you haven't listened to that and what I'm expecting for the dollar and for debt, I strongly suggest you listen to that. But for the investment gurus out there that say gold and silver only go in one direction and that's up, I think they're going to be quite shocked because we're going to see some deflation come into the precious metals just for a few months. And that will be an amazing buying opportunity setting up. So don't be surprised if we see a pullback in the miners. They will come back strongly again in the second half of the year. But this is a bit of a seasonality and a deflationary situation that is going to cause a lot of people to stampede into the U.S. dollar. So we're in for some more interesting times. And I just want to caution you again not to be getting aggressive here. It's quite possible we go down, test the old lows from March 23rd. We might even make some new lows. However, from there, I think we're going to have an enormous increase. So stay tuned and we'll be talking more about what the market's doing. And as we get through this difficult May, because I think it is going to be challenging. And for some people, well, maybe this year, good advice might be at least sell some in May 
and go away. If you could use some more direction on how to invest and are interested in my inner investing circle, the VIP experience, just fill out the short questionnaire in the show notes and I'll set up a time to talk with you. And if while you're social distancing at home, you want to take the time to learn more about your finances and investing, check out my wealth mentoring library at lindapjones.com forward slash podcasts. And if you want more investing tips, check out my tweets on Twitter at Linda P. Jones and my Instagram page at Linda P. Jones. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.